Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Sarah Marshall, star of Crime Scene, Scene of the Crime. Check out this exclusive scene from my hit show only on NBC.com. You know how we thought the killer masturbated before he committed each homicide? That's the theory. Take a look in the microscope. (sighs) Oh, yeah. Looks like where he's going. You'll need to know how to masturbate. Oh. oh, God. Hello? Hey, Peter? Sarah? Uh, no. It's Rachel Jansen from the front desk. Hey. Hey, what's going on up there? You're getting complaints about a woman crying hysterically? Yeah, you know what? I hear her too, and it sounds like she's having such a hard time. Um, I think it's coming from the floor above me. You're on the top floor. I'll, I'll try to keep it down. You're listening to Cobras and Fire, a Pantheon podcast with your hosts, Elsie Fox and Baco, officially the tallest podcast in America. Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined, as always, with the festive Elsie Fox out in Denver. How are you, Elsie? I am feeling excellent. I am uh, my my soul is uplifted with a constant news releases <laughs> of bands back on tour. Yeah, yes. you know, uh, it, 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 it's almost like uh, the beginning of 2020 on 10 right now. It's just, it, it's a barrage. But uh, hey, before you get too off topic, I feel I've been, um, 
I feel I, I haven't been uh, diligent enough in, in checking in and saying, how are the skin dogs? I, I haven't uh, asked for an update on the skin dogs in a while. How are they? Um, I think you should <laughs> keep that consistent. <laughs> skin dogs. Nope, we're moving past. I'm not ever going to use that term. I don't know where you got it. And uh, I'm where I get everything, way. the internet. Okay, uh, all right. To the Here's internet. Is so, you, so you Googled, what's a way I can connect on a personal level with my podcast host? Yes, I'll yeah. drop him a question about the skin dogs. No. Yeah, there we go. No, it's you know, I, just, I, I want you to know that I'm thinking of you and your family and that I care. So Yeah, what, what you need to not do is to try to uh, basically base your life on top 10 BuzzFeed lists of things to do. <laughs> uh, is that what's been going wrong? <laughs> I think so, yes. Uh, how anyway. about the old ball and chain? Can I say that? That's one that's a little more uh, used. Uh, it's great that it, all the pieces of that, that chain are still still fine. All right, so. that that's good. That's enough. I've that's made a, you uncomfortable. Is that good? For okay, about, are we uh, connecting fine. Okay, good. Yeah, good. That's a good sixty seconds of uh, making Luke Cannon a little prickly. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, back I, to your I, I topic. Felt- uh, I felt I felt a lot of uh, thirty second skip ahead buttons when we were just talking this thing. <laughs> I think you're, you're going to get a lot of people going back to to recapture the gold, <laughs> the glory. Is it? I, you oh, know okay. how you can play it at one and a half speed. People are going to go back and play that at a half speed because it's so good. <laughs> Who does that? Is that is that a transcriber or something? That's tr- just like that has their pen and paper or their keyboard. Are they are they transcribing? That has know. to be what it's for. Who else uh, is listening slower? Oh, okay. I thought because I know Toomey blows through them uh, at one and a half speed. I think uh, tooling around sure. there in uh, Louisville. Yeah, but but the slow one, it's like really okay. Okay, back to where you were going though. You were talking about all the the glut of concert announcements. Yes, I have my own announcement to make. I have purchased concert tickets for the first time Ooh. in uh, well, well over a, a year, probably two years at this point. Yeah. Going to see yeah, the, the Suns again. They're here December fifteenth. That's awesome. Yeah, they're not, amazingly they're, they're pretty good at coming here to, to Denver. But I haven't seen that announcement yet. But I'm sure it will be at so, some point. But with that said, uh, did you have any any comments about that, or is it something we're going to cover later? We can get into the, the buying the ticket maybe a little later. But I will say uh, one one thing I don't miss that is now back is the list of comments of people like, "How come you're not coming to Florida? How come you oh, know?" Yeah. Or you should, or things like that. You know, I saw like Bruce Kulik says, "Yeah, we might be coming to Michigan later in the summer." Blah blah blah. blah. It responded to somebody, "If they're coming, they'll they'll announce the date. And if they're not coming, it isn't because your governor's a Nazi." Okay, it, it, it <laughs> just don't turn this. We need to, we need to dial it back loose. We need to start realizing we need to live together as a society. We can't. Please let's not turn concert date announcements into a political thing. Please, pretty fucking please. And then uh, beyond that, yeah, go to their website. They'll announce it. The Glorious Sons did actually address this, which made me, which kind of put it back in my lexicon. Is it like, just a reminder, people, these are just the tour dates so far. This is not a farewell tour. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're not going away. There will be more dates announced at some point. So, yeah, everything's just rolling out. So some shows will be coming to you, some won't. And we'll get into some of those more a little bit later. We have an update on one of the bigger summer tours that was canceled. So uh, okay. beyond that, uh, well, yeah, and you you might be uh, you might be heading out and seeing some live music pretty soon, though, much sooner than December 15th. Yes, but but before we go into that as well, uh, I my favorite, though, is when somebody says, oh, I guess you hate Jacksonville or something like that. And I just wanted to have an artist just reply back, yes, we actually do hate Jacksonville. Yeah. (laughs) You confirmed it. There is a reason we never come there. It's an awful place. 
And Fred Durst is a dick. Yeah. Oh, man. The plan is uh, that there is this... I got to grab the line up here. But but I think I, I think I can do it from memory. But, you know, listeners to our show have enjoyed a recap or, or two of the Freedom Fest, mm-hmm. like basically hair metal, um, you know, one day event that comes to Denver. I've done one that was like terrible inside of a parking lot, like a prison environment. I've done one that was the exact opposite, which was awesome, where I attended with Stephen Michael of the Growing Up Rock podcast uh, two years ago. And it's coming back again. Yet to another location here in Denver. So who knows what that setup's going to be like. Uh, uh, but can I just break, should I break down the list of who's there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's hear it. This year's Freedom Fest is at yet another location. No idea how that's going to end up. But here's the lineup. It is Autograph, Bullet Boys, Kicks, Slaughter, Warrant, and newly added that just showed up. And I was like, huh? Is Stephen Piercy, quote, voice of rat. Mm, nice. <laughs> but who replaced... Uh, lover boy, because no joke, they couldn't get out of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> They're stuck because up in Canada COVID. with Wally Gator. Yeah. No, that, that's an actual truth. They, that's one of the I, reasons. No, I, they it had... is, yes. It, they, they still haven't opened the Canadian border. Um, right. And Wally threatened to fight me uh, over my comments on a Kick Axe album. Uh, <laughs> and I just said big words for a guy who can't leave his country. But uh, So he's yeah. up there with lover boy right now. Uh, so I got to tell you, that it's. <laughs> That's the greatest thing for COVID is the fact that Loverboy can't make it to this fest because every time they have it's usually like like Skid Row and headlining Night Ranger. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like one of those Night Ranger like, sticks, something like that. Some just kind of yeah. oddball thing that it's almost like those uh, Columbia metal samplers of the '80s. There'd always be like you know Zebra with Judas Priest, and you know it's like what, what the fuck? You got like Fastway, Judas Priest, and Zebra. That's <laughs> yeah. This is the same to you. I don't know. Whatever. Well, uh, so, so you, you you are confirmed to go, or are you still trying to uh, hook up I, a friend? I have to. I have to. That's right. I I need. I LC needs a concert buddy. So I reached out to to your uh, your buddy Wilson, and I sent a text from a from an, in my contacts and stuff like that. And then after I sent it, which was this pretty elaborate you know thing about mm-hmm. the, the show and, and busting his balls and things like that, and specific congratulations to him, he, him and his and his wife also. Uh, for being soon to be parents, and then I realized I think I may have sent it to the wrong Michael, <laughs> wrong Wilson. <laughs> so I had one of those like fears because there is actually a realtor uh, that we work with that has the exact same name and uh, and a Denver contact information like that. But thank God I did not because that would have been a very confusing conversation of why I sent that to him. Yeah, but, Mike, uh, Mike we'll, Wilson we'll is probably a fairly uh, difficult, na- common name, first of all. That, Hopefully it's not an old friend you're trying to look for on Facebook. You know, you're going to track down a, uh, a Devin Fox or a Jason Bakken a little quicker. There's fewer right. fewer of, of those options out there. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, so in, in the least, it'll be some definite show material. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, but, I'm but looking actually, forward to it. Yeah, you know what? I, I kind of wish we would have moved our vacation to, to just to fit Freedom Fest in. But, you know, when, when we had to put our vacation request in, we, it was still at a time that I wasn't sure that, you know, things were going to happen. So maybe next year, bro. I know the wife would love to go. Um, moving on, uh, I did have an update on our uh, friend of the show and host of Pods and Sods, Craig Smith. Now, 
a while. Ooh. But now I follow Craig on Instagram. I'm a devout follower, and maybe maybe stalker is the word you want to use. Um, but I, you know, I keep up uh, to date with uh, all the happenings with whatever he's willing to share. I should say. A while back, we actually had a little fun talking about his apartment that uh, that he shared a picture of. I don't recall that. Hmm. Yeah, it, it wasn't something that really, you know, it was just kind of a quick hitter. It didn't really get a lot of buzz. <laughs> uh, Craig moved recently, and he shared some pictures of that. And I was like, well, we have to update the listeners from the previous living situation. So there's some pictures. I'm going to just quick text you these. Are you ready? You. Oh, please. All right. Ooh. Pretty nice. Yeah, agreed. Uh, it looks nice. Motherfucker. One little last piece of uh, news to share with us, uh, the listeners, and uh, we should probably say this isn't a joke. We actually were nominated for the best music podcast from uh, a place <laughs> called Quite the Thing Media. Um, so sure. voting is going on right now. Also, our, I should I would like to mention that our friends at Blame Your Brother are uh, up for a best podcast award in the like uh, culture and events category. So please throw them th- throw them a vote as well. But you can go to and it's quite the thing media. That's just spelled out quite the thing media dot com. There's a, a link on there to, to do the voting. I believe it only it, it gets your IP address. so You can only vote once or something like that. But. Anyway, just go down there, find us, vote for us, vote for any other shows you like to, obviously, but uh, as long as you make sure you vote for us. I think voting goes till, I think, June 20th, 22nd, something like that. So there, there's still plenty of time to get the votes in, people. Uh, do us a solid and, uh, yeah, vote us for your best uh, music podcast out there. Uh, and, you know, that, that is our Twitter handle, much to the chagrin of uh, um, uh, Chris Sinzak, the best I love hard the rock and metal podcast.
Hey, can I mention something else about uh, Craig Smith? Oh, uh, yeah. What, what, what do you got? Sure. So, uh, again, great-looking place. Yeah, it looks and, nice, Craig. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and and hope you get that box of tangled wires, uh, you know, untangled, so we can do this two-pick zero episode we've been going back and forth on for uh, for months now. It seems to be more complex than landing on the moon. But here's just just let's understand what, what the invite is. First, you call me. We have a two-minute conversation. You hang up anger <laughs> with some amount of anger, and it's done. Dude, we need you. You need to, to kick off the revival of two pig zero. What say you? The invite is open. There you go. Uh, it's uh, balls in your uh, mouth. I mean, court, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. I got, that, I got that backwards, I think. Hey, uh, I got a real quick thing, kind of not necessarily show related, but I'd like to share it with the listeners and kind of get this out in the lexicon. Can I complain about something that happened to me recently? Is that okay? You never have before, so <laughs> let's do it. A couple weeks ago, I smoked brisket for the first time, um, and it's I'm a fairly experienced smoker, I think. You know, I, I've done rib competitions. I'm, By the way, I'm not an expert. The thing is, that I know what it's like to, to, to grill and, and make food. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Brisket is very expensive, takes a long time, and requires a lot more of your attention than a lot of stuff I typically do. And sure. so I've stayed away from it, but I decided, fuck it. Uh, it was Memorial Weekend. I'm going to do it. I have the time. I got 13 hours of, of uh, daylight uh, uh, with, you know, and we had people around, things of that nature. So it was easy to do. I just I think shared also it. it's fair to say that you had the confidence, the skill level, you <laughs> felt you could pull it off. The investment, you thought it might yeah. go south, but you knew maybe you can bring it home. Uh, yeah, I, I was pretty sure, it would, you know, because it is just following a process typically, but... I was really just more worried about, you know, like spending 13 hours and then having $60 of meat that's garbage. But uh, Correct. That, that, but that said, it, everything turned out well. But that, that's not what I want to talk about. I just threw it up there, you know, say, hey, I'm smoking brisket for the first time. And I, I've gone down this path before. But people, some people had some like, hey, good luck. Hey, you know, here's something I do, that kind of stuff. Mostly polite. But then there's always one fucking guy that thinks you've never opened a fucking refrigerator before, much less cooked, you know, anything. <laughs> I mentioned that I've, I've done, I, I think I explained in my post that, hey, hey, I'm, you know, fingers crossed. You know, I've done a lot of smoking, but never brisket, lots of ribs. And so this guy sends me this message. It's a friend from Oatana, um, and uh, he uh, he gave me some of the. I mean, he gave me tips that my wife, who's never smoked anything in the world, already knows. Like I, and he phrased it like it was his personal thing too. It was like what I like to do with ribs is pull the membrane off the back. You're the one. Okay, thank you for that. That is oh, because he even said it's like, but that's our secret. And keep the temperature at 225 to 250. Those are basically the two most... If you're ever going to smoke meat, you're going to find out that temperature thing right away. And the rib thing, if you've ever watched anybody say how to make ribs, that is step fucking one. That is right after taking the ribs out of the package. You know what I mean? It's like you haven't done you haven't done anything and you take the fucking membrane off. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, you talk to any employee that's worked at McDonald's for more than five minutes. They know how to make McRibs. <laughs> I want to see pulling the membranes off McRibs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there is no membrane. These aren't even ribs. <laughs> this is just mush meat. <laughs> <laughs> this seems to be some kind of... Yeah, he might be the same guy that wanted to tell me how unhealthy McRibs were when I played. It probably was the same guy. But before you go any further, can I just, the whole uh, smoking meat 
phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really think it's it's taken. If you looked at it on one of those sales charts or whatever, I think you've seen it skyrocket into society over the last like five years. And if you think about it, it's actually kind of a unique thing because everything in the world is things moving faster. And how can you get this done? You know, uh, quicker and things like that. Right. But that all of a sudden, this thing has been like, okay, we've sexied it up. You go to Home Depot as soon as you walk in there. There's like nine. Nine uh, uh, was it Traegers? Traegers, yeah, that's what Traegers saying like, "Hey, welcome home, boss. Would you would you like to spend a thousand dollars on something that that takes nineteen hours <laughs> to make your meal? You know what I mean? And would you like to refill it with these expensive pellets? By the way, it has Wi-Fi too. You can go do errands, come back, whatever. Maybe your house is burnt down. Maybe it's not. But it's, <laughs> but, but that meat is going to be super soft and super tasty at the end. Yeah. But it's a pretty unique thing, right? What yeah. all? What the salesman that said. This is where things are going. That guy is doing well. Uh, yes? Well, I think it's basically uh, two things. One, you can be outside and you can have beers. and uh, Of course. But then the other thing is, like, it tastes so fucking good when you get it right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I started doing it last year, as you know, but but in, and done it okay. Oh, but uh, yeah. I just think it's, it's finally that they since they add a little bit of tech to it and made it a little more yeah. sexy then people are like if they're in between because I, I there's I, I knew friends like maybe you did like like five ten years ago I'm like what you're gonna spend all day watching this fucking thing mm-hmm. and I'm like that sounds really boring but then it becomes kind of a an art but I, I definitely think it's more popular now than it ever has been the overall. pellet grill sped up the process a little Here bit so that that helps but uh but yeah but the guy that 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 gave you the <laughs> advice what did you call him? I think I said uh, I sent you a message with a screen cap, and I think I said he's sort of a Jesus doofus. So that is the T-shirt of the year. I'm calling it right now. Mm. You, you sell those, put it right there. <laughs> it can be used for for you if you want to be ironic and stuff like that. That could be something you give out at uh, like retreats at church stuff like that. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, why not? It's a great yeah. phrase. A bit of a Jesus doofus. I like it. Yeah. So. Uh. Uh, I'm not no, going to call okay. him out by name. I don't. I don't want to shame the man um, or bring on you know uh, a world of hate. Uh, he knows who he is, uh, but uh, <laughs> I will not be contacting him for any cooking tips anytime soon. I'm anyway. more likely to contact Dak Shepard for cooking tips. Larry, before you serve the McRib, start with the membrane. <laughs> you know what the McRib is? It's all the membranes that have been pulled off of ribs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing but that. Oh. God, uh, McMembrane. McMembrane. Hmm? <laughs> oh, hey, let's let's get into some of the topics we had set up for today. Uh, enough of me complaining and whining about a, a friend on Facebook. Um, you said, <laughs> I remember when you sent this to me, I'm like, why is he sending me this? <laughs> so I'm going to actually let you take the lead because we have talked about it a little more. I get it now, but yeah, you sent me an article. I'm just going to read the headline and, and kick it to you. It says, <laughs> Spotify... <laughs> Spotify acquires exclusive rights to Dak Shepard podcast. I'm armchair expert. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, like I, I, I'm not sure if anybody listening to the show was like, you know, I can't wait to hear the Dak Shepard update on Covers and Fire. Right? <laughs> First, should we even mention who he is? I guess. Yeah, I mean, knows? he's um, now. It turned out you didn't know that he was on, um, or didn't recall anyway that he was part of Punked. Uh, he was, he's basically Ashton Kutcher's best friend. And at that time, I think an up and coming comedian, uh, actor. Uh, but yeah, he is like the, uh, uh he's in so many episodes. It's kind of like the foil. 
Okay, so that I didn't know. But it makes it makes much more sense now that you told me that because he definitely seems like an Ashton part two. Mm-hmm. But uh, and Ashton yeah. Kutcher to remind people, you know him because he wanted, didn't think Target had baby changing stations in the men's room. <laughs> Um. Ashton Kutcher is calling for more changing stations in men's restrooms, highlighting a gender imbalance and getting a lot of traction online. Hi, I'm Kristen Goodwin with Buzz60, and I can see his frustration. The actor in Mila Kunis welcomed baby Wyatt Isabel into the world a few months ago, but the former Two and a Half Men star is having trouble finding changing tables in men's restrooms. On his Facebook page, he posts, There are never diaper changing stations in men's public restrooms, adding, The first public men's room that I go into that has one gets a free shout out on my Facebook page. Hashtag be the change. Yeah, he started a literal petition uh, to have them put in, in targets. And targets like they've been there since 1991. Thank you. For- <laughs> he heard, but he, but he revolutionized. Now I can change my baby anywhere. Thanks, yeah. Ashton. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, carry on. Uh, yeah, so, so going back to that. So Dax Shepard, uh, if, if you don't know, he is married to, please help me. Sarah Marshall. Wrong. Oh, Sarah Marshall, but the actress's name is uh, Kristen Bell or something like that. But uh, there you go. There she you broke go. Jason Siegel's heart in that movie, and I'll never forgive her. Right, uh, she's she's off banging a rock star. She's just a horrible person. She deserves the misery she gets from being married to Dax Shepard. Once again, that's a role, not the person. <laughs> you she's sound the... just like my wife. My God. Okay. Listen, she redeemed herself. She ended up being, uh, you know, she's the voice of one of the princesses and frozen blah 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 anyway that's so, why so, i'll never watch that movie because <laughs> you're, so angry. you're so angry that is why you're, there's you're, no you're, other you're, reason if you had little kids you're like this is a horrible person this per- <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about jason siegel you should have seen yourself at dinner oh oh now the snow bullshit 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 no no drinks for me thanks bullshit 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 but uh yeah the uh listen any, any anybody that that hurts somebody that owns a jerk jerk chair right yeah you want to defend them i got a jerk off station for god's sakes <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. and yeah. again that was a rule too that wasn't an actual uh person but anyway so, so going back to this again the, it's like we're so, married i just so a little, little bit of little bit of uh resume on on the old dax he also was uh in the show parenthood uh he also co-starred uh, with dane cook and jessica simpson in employee of the month uh, a fine movie i'm sure uh, but yeah, it, you were but there at opening night. Basically, he's he's just a guy. He's been oh, and the remake of Chips. Well, a, a yeah, movie. and he's got an actual TV show on ABC now. Like it's it's him and some uh, some uh, I don't know who the actress is, but like they're married and they they decide to uh, kind of reverse Beverly Hillbillies. They they move from the big city to the country to and they struggle to be farmers. Anyway, it's got Ed yeah. Begley Jr. in it too. If that helps, yeah, but. So all these things, these and, resume Oh, and uh, who's the uh, and Pam Greer? That's for you, Ian Wadley. Mm. So going back to the <laughs> the thing, why the hell are we talking about Dax Shepard? I'll tell you why. Because I see this man just got an exclusive Spotify contract for a podcast that's been on on the air for maybe two years now. I'm going to tell you a couple working titles for this podcast first before we go into it. Okay. Mm, okay. First working t- title for for Armchair Quarterback, which is basically a show where he interviews famous people, uh, it was a uh, medium talent. Okay, mm. that was one of them. And they're also like that's, was, that's 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 a reach, so they didn't want to go with that one. Right. There was also watch me interview my my wife's friends. Yeah. Yeah. That could be it. 
Uh, my wife bought me this podcast. That was one of the, <laughs> that was one of the, the titles. Uh, I mean, essentially my point of, 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 I think, can I, I have one? Yeah, please. Um, my wife's worried I'm going to fall off the wagon, so she has me do this. Oh, yeah, that could be one of them. They're mm. also uh, the other one was Faux Ashton. Mm. <laughs> I like that would be the, the best one to go with. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Dax, I got no hate specifically for you, but what I do have hate is this: when Baco and I are in the trenches working on our craft and figuring <laughs> out a way to easily transition from pot belly pickles to music news. Uh, on a weekly basis, putting six years into the deal, it angers podcasters in general when somebody just slides into a sweet exclusive deal just because you have famous friends <clears throat> and because you have a little bit of name recognition. Listen, you need to put in the work. I, If you were the right person, you should say, you know what? I'm going to stay all over the place. My gift of doing this podcast, do I need this podcast? No. I'm interviewing people that I can just get on the show just by being in Hollywood and, and having the connections, but I don't need the money from it. From it, It's something I do out of the love, and it's just an extra little hobby for me. You should say, there are people that deserve it more, and let me bring some <laughs> of those people up. You start your own Dax Shepard network. You bring up the people that have been putting in the work over the years, and you, and that's what you do to be respected in the podcast community because come on, no way. They're just throwing money at anybody that has, That's it just goes to the whole thing of if you want to be successful to podcast, be famous first or be at least be a medium talent or somewhat famous right. or be married to somebody famous. It's it's a damn conspiracy, Baco, and I won't have any more of it. Also, his wife's a whore. <laughs> Go to the next segment. I just want to make sure you understand that uh, Kristen Bell seems like a very nice lady. Again, that's a character you're mad at. Do you understand that? That there's two different things going on here? Or is it no? If you say so, man. You know, like I there. said, I already get enough of that at home. Moving on, though, uh, we, uh, we <laughs> should uh, update the listeners on a story we covered, uh, I think, our, our last episode. Uh, we, yes. should, uh, we should talk about the Elfson in the room, uh, where it's so. Uh, Dave Mustaine, I think. He follows our program pretty close. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hello, and me. He knew we were we were going, waiting to record that episode until we had kind of an official statement from Megadeth. You know, because there was right. a chance he was going to get fired. 
Mm-hmm. And he, we waited as long as we could. Like we can't, we cannot deprive the listeners of our genius commentary on on Ellison's situation. Dave knew damn well we were recording on Sunday, and he waited. He waited till that following Monday to announce. Oh, nice story, Tata Readers Digest. Uh, that Dave Ellison was kicked out of the band a day after we recorded the episode that uh, we talked about it on. Correct. So fuck you, Dave. Yeah, just keep on thinking. It's my fault. I have the statement from from Megadeth about his uh, dismissal. Yeah. Yeah, read it, please. Okay. And just so you know, uh, if you ever, it's going to be a really fun archived kind of statement because if you go to this, his site, it's, you know, it's kind of like a normal blog. So it, it talks about House of Mustaine Memorial Day. We could blow up sale for wine. <laughs> it talks about uh, the new Sizon 13 in Right in between that is an announcement about firing a long-time band member. Yeah. Just as a random post. So here it is. It says, we are informing our fans that Dave Ellison is no longer playing with Megadeth and that we are officially parting ways with him. We do not take this decision lightly. It gives me a migraine headache. While we do not know every detail of what occurred. With an already strained relationship, hindsight is always twenty twenty. What has already been revealed now is enough to make working together impossible moving forward. We look forward to seeing our fans on the road this summer, and we cannot wait to share our brand new music with the world. It is almost complete. Dave Mustaine, Megadeth, May 24th, 2021. Almost so, strained com- is the, uh, already strained uh, is the takeaway for me on that. <sighs> There's two two words. Do you want to cover the already strained? To me, you know, that's kind of where it gets personal a little bit. And Dave wanted to make sure that people knew that he was kind of on the fence with Ellison. And, and basically, if we look at the history, I, I'm going to just assume that anybody who's in Megadeth is is, is being considered to be fired at any moment. Uh, Did you have you ever noticed that that every single band photo is Dave Mustaine and then all the other band members are actually literally sitting on a fence every single photo shoot? <laughs> I've never noticed that. Wow. Uh, light bulb. Now you'll look at all the band pictures, uh, all of them. They're all, they're all right there. They're ready. They're almost getting fired. Nice. Yeah, okay. So you're saying that basically every single person is always in a already strained relationship with him. Right, yeah. I, I think safe. basically once Dave hire you, hires you. Hello, me. It's me again. Uh, he is considering how he's going to fire you and win. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me a migraine headache. The other part was the word impossible. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, I'm sorry. Even before that, we do not know every detail of what occurred. Okay. So I'm fire. So that's saying we don't have all the evidence yet, but I'm still letting you go. Well, because... that can be taken a couple ways. I mean, we already know enough to fire sure. you. There may be more to come, but we that's just going to be more of a reason, you know. Sure. Okay. And the last part, it will make it impossible to work together moving forward. Can we go into why it will be impossible yes, for Dave yes, to work with them? Yes, a good them? thing on this. It's quite a powerful statement saying it's impossible. Is it really impossible? Let's say that he, he comes out on the other end of it and it's not – it's just a weird thing he did and it wasn't anything illegal and stuff like that. Or can – in the, the the whole, you know, rock and roll history, is it really, is it impossible to work with him? That I think is a little too much. You know, these yeah. days you're not even recording the same studio a lot of times, whatever. But it actually is impossible because Dave Mustaine has no sense of humor. So can we go into an interview with Max Norman? <laughs> go producer into it, of So some background, Max Norman has either produced or mixed 
uh, albums of with Megadeth. He did basically a three album run: Rust in Peace, Countdown to Extinction, and Euthanasia. And uh, he's also referred to in the Blabbermouth article as the British-born knob twiddler. Do you mm. think that's a good term for? Would you like that as an engineer? Knob uh, I th- it probably is more complimentary in the uh, traditional Cockney. Uh, r- r- delivery of it, but uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. knob knob twiddler means something much much different on this side of the pond. <laughs> I, I think so, and it kind of uh, segues in here. So, so you know, so he's known Dave, and maybe knows his uh, you know his personality. Mm-hmm. He's worked, worked with the band several anyway. times. Been fired by yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just gonna read the statement of it of okay. why it would be impossible for them to continue to work together. And we should mention this uh, was an interview done by our friend Jimmy K at the Metal Voice, correct? Yes. All right. Yes. This is excerpt is from that podcast interview. Uh, so it says, look, I understand why Dave Mustaine removed him from the band, because the one thing that Dave Mustaine will not tolerate is being made fun of <laughs> because of his upbringing, I guess. I don't even understand that. Is it an upbringing of not being made fun of? I'm just going to re- straight read this. Sorry. I understand why Dave Mustaine removed him from the band, because one thing that Dave will not tolerate is being made fun of. Because of his upbringing, I guess, and because of the way he is, I think he thought about it this and thought about it as it's a brand. He has to protect the brand. He probably was thinking, and he was probably thinking, I can't go out on stage with this guy because everybody in the front row is going to be pointing at him and doing this. And doing this is everybody in the front row moving their fan up and down motion like they're checking off. You know what I mean? So I can't blame him. I'm still going to do it. I, I I just think it's funny. If he actually let him go because he's Dave has this image of the whole front row just doing jerk-off <laughs> motions instead of throwing up the, the goat, you know, the devil horns, uh, I think that's hilarious. I'm starting to think that maybe Dave uh, Mustaine does not listen to our show. Hindsight is always 2020. Uh, maybe I have <laughs> <laughs> I think that we should actually just change that in hard rock and that everybody no longer does the devil horns and everybody is doing <laughs> that motion. Well, yeah, I mean, so many people have taken that. Uh, you know, do you think the country artists are going to, you know, want to start doing the jerk off symbol, you know, like Seriously. instead of the devil horns? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's more, and plus it's more uh, more rock and roll because it's a little whiskey. It's controversial. Yeah. You're up there and everybody's up there just doing like this. Yeah. And it demystifies it. Then maybe Ellison will be back in Megadeth because everybody's doing it for all the bands. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a sign it, of it's respect. A, it is an interesting theory, to be honest with you. I, I like it. I'm I'm ready to roll with it. I think Max Lerman's got it spot on. It it really does cover everything because there has been a lot of people that have that have made some valid points. KK Downing said if this took place in the seventies or eighties, this wouldn't even be a blip. Nope. Um Ron Young, who I just spoke with, uh which if people haven't heard that, go back listen to that. He he actually speculates that uh Elveson will eventually be be back in Megadeth, that there just needs to be a little bit of a period of time. He has no inside information. He's just that's his gut feeling. Um but I Look again. Assuming everything is as it's been presented by uh, by Ellison and the, and the woman, I really do think this is just a marital issue. And yeah, the only reason you would fire him is because you're afraid of getting picked on. Uh, that actually, yeah. you know, it, that. And here's what I want to know: is 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 Mustaine a hypocrite too? Does he like picking on people, but he just doesn't like to take it back? Is he one of those guys? Hello, me. It's me again. Going back to the whole motion in the front front <laughs> row, though. What about what about like we turn this because it's all about, you know, what you give 
the meaning of it. What if somebody's doing a really good guitar solo and it's exciting you and you just do that motion yeah. up front? Everybody's up there. That's when somebody's just killing it, right? Yeah, you know what? I, I I really hope this was really sinking into his head because you can actually make that motion playing guitar. And mm-hmm. if that starts fucking with Dave while he's on stage doing that, he's like, ah, fuck! Ah, he's slamming it down. He's like, he starts imagining that he's his guitar is Elveson's dick. <laughs> or what? What if he, in in Mustaine's biggest nightmare is everybody in the front row has those shake weights. You've seen those commercials? Oh, yeah. Those weights, but just everybody's up there. There's the show art, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, get a gif. <laughs> and, and, and again, Dave, missed opportunity. This could be the whole theme for your tour. Yeah. Having, you know, how people put up lighters for the ballads. Just everybody, everybody's in the audience. 10,000 people doing this at once. What tune? Uh, Peace Cells? Oh, yeah. We already covered that. That's yeah. exactly the one. That that yeah. that riff starts. That riff starts, and Ellison's on stage, and everybody's doing this in the entire audience. Oh, man. You see that, like, at some festival? Like, the, right. the sun is setting. The crowd is jerking off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you t- listen, it's social media, man. That's stuff that people share. You could, and then people would be like, I want to spend $50 to do that in the, in the audience, like all these cool people. Oh, man. That's all I got. I, well, let, let's uh, give uh, a little bit to Ellison's side of the story. He did, uh, he did touch on it uh, and release a statement <laughs> after getting fired. I'll just read that real quick here, and if there's anything to get into there. Um, sure. he, he, he opens up, but basically there was a video allegedly... Or, or illegally posted on the internet and false allegations were made. He goes in to say, the actions in the video were between two consenting adults and were recorded without my knowledge. I am working with the Scottsdale Police Department in their investigation into charges regarding revenge pornography and to be filed against the person who posted this video. So in for what it's worth, Dave's at least claiming to pursue some legal action here. Um, Scottsdale is a, a suburb of Phoenix, for those who uh, love my geography lessons. Mm. Um, yes. Or, you know, for Stephen Michael, Scottsdale is in North Dakota. It's uh, That's where Dave Ellison lives. I don't know, man. Uh, I, this seems like one of those things that's like the, the thing you say, and then we never hear another thing about it. You know what I mean? Uh, Probably. Uh, and then there's a settlement behind closed doors. And even if it gets that far, on. I don't know. I, yep. I'm guessing the people who did this don't have the financial means to settle uh, at any real level anyway. So Right. Yeah. Anyway. Again, Luce, uh, you want to check out this cool video I got on my phone? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I, I, I fully expect... Uh, uh, when we're at Rock and Pod, people have that download and just share, <laughs> share it around. <laughs> That's the main thing. Hey, I haven't seen you in two years. I'm going to show you this video. I'm going to sabotage the uh, um, the Kiss Meets of the Phantom, Phantom uh, viewing, and it's just going to be that video of Ellison. <laughs> just put that up. Yeah. What if we bring a, a, like a, just a TV behind our booth and just have that playing in the loop behind <laughs> us while we're interviewing people and just see if they can you know, just keep oh. a straight face? Well, you know, and it would make it easier for people to find Josh Toomey throughout the day. Where, where's where's I, I, Toomey? He's over at the Cobras and Fire booth watching Dave Ellison. <laughs> just, just watching it <laughs> continuously with a bowl of popcorn and a beer. Uh. <laughs> there she blows.
predicted that that uh vince neal would have a bad show coming out of covid especially with the floating monster head video for somebody's birthday when he was doing the uh <laughs> the cameo that? hey decker this is vince neal hey i want to say uh happy birthday brother uh this is actually from uh, uh christian mom ethan and blake so uh keep on rocking shout the devil and uh and do yeah, do some feel good stuff at four in big old big old four row, you man. All right, see you later. Cameo, yeah, the, uh, ap- appearance during uh, COVID for somebody's birthday or whatever. All like that, fucking hammered, uh, all hammered, and also this was when he was supposed to be uh, hitting the gym. Right? Yeah, I remember we, we, we once. We remember my speculation was the contract just says I have to lose 40 pounds. It doesn't say where he might just cut a leg off. Like, <laughs> yeah, that might be his backup plan is like, I'll get to this. Uh, wow. But yeah, um, actually, on news on that front, um, this must be getting to the other bands because I just shared it in the, the Cobras on Fire group this morning. But there's a headline where Phil Collin from Def Leppard says, well, Vince has a year to get in shape. So they clearly fucking know. Uh, Whoa! So we actually responded to this like, "Damn! I hope he gets his acting gear." I well, I guess I, I, I kind of like train wreck Vince. Um, the problem is, is that if it carries on, then the result is is something that isn't as is, is fun to to pick on or anything of that nature. I'm just talking about you know things the way things ended with Janie Lane. By the way, is not funny at all. Um, so I guess in a certain way, I do kind of hope Vince gets his shit together, but I really don't give a fuck. This guy hasn't given a crap about his career in 20, 30 years. Actually, he never has. I mean, let's, let's talk about the video specifically. And then oh, yes, yes. To, we to, should get into that. About, so there's a yeah. video out of, of his first performance and fair, you know, to be fair, he got to the 14th song in the set before he decided to, to call it a night. But yeah, one thing, look, Vince has always sucked. But this, this is the first time that I can think of where he literally said, you know what, my voice is shot, I'm leaving. And then the band is stuck there because, and I guarantee this is what's happening. There's backing tracks for that those girls, girls, girls oh, there chorus, is. Um, and they know if they stop playing, that's still gonna go through the the speakers, and nobody's gonna be singing, nobody's gonna be playing. So they just kind of hover on to get through that. Um, and so he kind of put everybody in kind of a shitty spot when he did it. But 
I've seen people comment on this, and, and, and I'll kick it to you in just a second, but stop telling me Vince is ripping people off, okay? You know, I, it, this is, uh, I, I, I commented on a post of, uh, on Twitter from, uh, um, what's the guy's name, uh, Pat Francis, and he was saying, you know, something along those lines, you know, bands shouldn't rip fans off, and I agree, by the way, but this is like showing up, like my comment was, this is akin to going to a Kiss concert now and crying foul because Ace and Peter aren't there. If you don't know by this point, if you're willing to pay for that, then that's what you get. If, if that's a deal breaker for you, don't go fucking see Vince. You know, I, this is just who he is. It's laughable to think that in a year, the ne- this next year he's going to take serious as opposed to the last year. Keep on rocking, shout the devil, and, uh, and do, do some feel-good stuff. At four, uh, you know, he right. had four months to get in shape initially. Then he got a full year on top of that, and he's in worse shape than his entire life. <laughs> and right. now it's like, well, but now I'm going to take it serious. So, yeah, if you're going to pay to see this garbage... That's your choice. I don't really care, but but you don't get to claim you're being ripped off unless you've been Rip Van Winkle in it for the last forty years. But yeah, yeah. I think I think Ian Wadley's uh, of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. His comment on this was somebody said, "Hey, he should lip sync." And he says, "If anybody pays to go to this, they deserve live vocals." I think, <laughs> I think what it was, and and I agree. I think I've said this because. Here, here's the thing. If, if just like you said about it, might be like, well, really, is it that? Is it like not knowing that Ace and Peter in the band? And I say yes. And I'm, and we were actually talking about this yesterday. I said, I, for me, the first time I saw the Vince uh, slash Slaughter band was in 2007. With understand the launch, the first day that that his Dr. Feelgood's Barn Grill opened up in West Palm Beach. I just moved there. They closed down the street, this main street. They did a huge stage out front. It was a big production, you know, tons of advertising. This is his thing, okay? So you would think that the debut of your actual business opening, you would put in the work. Seven songs in, that whole started the whole Chipotle joke because he does he's ever he's done it ever since where he leaves for three yeah. songs they play Zeppelin or whatever it is um, and then he comes back he sounded terrible he was wearing like a big huge t shirt and looked like like sweatpants and, <laughs> and he was exhausted and he sounded just like he did in the first part of the girls 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 clip when he all of a sudden except this time he just says I'm going home right. I need Chipotle. Exactly. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> I got to go. This is not Chipotle new. closes in 10 minutes. I got to go, guys. Sorry. Right. It's, yeah. Yeah. He, you know, he, look, fuck it. He was honest. He's like, you know what? It's been a long time. My voice is shot. I can't do this. Uh, but, you know, Vince, that's about 20, 30 years too late. Uh, I don't know. I saw him solo for the first time in 2002 on one of those hair fests. I don't recall. Um, if he was good or not that day. I think he was like, there was two days. Um, there was uh, a drinking day for me and a non-drinking day. And I think he might've been on the drinking day. Uh, so I don't, uh, but you know, I was, I was the driver. I had to drive everybody home at the end of the, the second show. So, uh, I took full advantage of the day. I didn't have to drive anywhere anyway. Uh, so I don't really recall, but I saw him in 2007 around the time you did too, uh, just around Thanksgiving. And, uh, I actually got kicked out of that show. My wife reminded me the other day. Um, wow. but when well we were done. talking, but, uh, 
kicked out of a Vince Neil show. <laughs> Put it on your tombstone. Yeah. Anyway, I, I deserve to get kicked out, but I, I also don't regret what I did. But um... <laughs> there's a story for later. I get, yeah, I don't know if I want to share that one. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, it's not that bad. But uh, anyway, yeah, that was. I was like. He leaves stage and they start playing something. I'm like, this must just be like a drum solo thing. And then like 20 minutes later, he comes out. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I didn't come to see 20 minutes of the Slaughter band without Mark Slaughter perform instrumental versions of 70s classic rock. (laughs) I know. But yeah, all the evidence is out there. This is what it's going to be like. But going back to the announcement from, from Phil Collin of Def Leppard, I would subscribe and watch every episode of Phil Collin personal trainer <laughs> to Vince Neil because you talk about two ends of the spectrum for health right. and rock star living. That guy, I would love for Vince to look like Phil Collin. He comes out just ripped. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Fucking nipple rings. <laughs> He's all oily. You know, he's got a Get a nice tight haircut. He's killing it. Like, he's, he's he's like Vince. Do you know how much money you will save not having to wear a, own a shirt? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. He's like, listen. You talk to me and Dave Navarro. What our whole four hundred one k is based on not buying shirts. Well, there was a one of those like celebrity rehab or like not not rehab but uh, like a makeover celebrity makeover that Vince was yep. on. Yep. And he did Didn't not take long. it serious then. Though nope. he got a nose job. But yeah, he he, he's like his workout hair. was bullshit. He he didn't. That was you know when it was like painfully obvious. This guy has no clue what proper singing technique is. You know, in all the years of doing this, I, I'm not surprised that you start out that way. But somebody along the way definitely gave him the opportunity and insight. I guarantee Bob Rock fucking did. And, and you know, Baco actually, um, I'm 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 a little tight. I, I got I gotta go. <laughs> uh, I'm done. You guys finish the show. Your voice is shot. <laughs> Sorry, I was just doing my best Vince Neil. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like I know Bob Rock talked about what it was pain in the ass it was to record that guy in the studio to get what he got. So this is, <laughs> he's just literally never really had any like sustainable talent. You know what I mean? And and I think he, if he ever wanted to, he could take it. But just like Ace Freely and Paul Stanley likes to talk about him wasting his talent. Maybe if you think about it considering what this guy has for tools in his in his toolbox he has done very well for himself Vince um, he yeah. probably will never have to do anything serious in his life uh, except for die I guess so now what if Vince was caught doing the same thing Dave Ellison did you know what it would be <laughs> just another Motley Crue story exactly. crazy wacky crew tales nobody would yeah he'd probably talk about it on stage He'd talk about it. You guys probably all saw that video, right? Now, here's a cheeseburger. Yeah, (laughs) It would would, be part of the cool crew legacy of wacky, dangerous behavior. uh, First of all, I wouldn't doubt that that video is about to come out now because, you know, he he followed uh, Tommy Lee with the whole sex tape thing, you know. Um, But here's his is going to be like a combination of, of the Dave Ellison video. And the David Hasselhoff one where he's eating the hamburger off the floor. <laughs> Vince, no. You can see Vince's big belly with like hamburger grease and lettuce dripping down it. And he's got his burger in one hand and his dick in the other. 
No, I think I think the video of Vince's <laughs> version of the Dave Ellison is the same thing as Dave Ellison, except halfway through he just goes, "Oh, I'm tired. I gotta go to sleep. <laughs> I can't finish." Vince falls asleep, fucking himself. <laughs> pandemic and everything seeming to wind down, at least in this country. Things are opening up pretty much everywhere. We're hearing all these tour announcements. I think it's a good kind of time to kind of touch base and kind of catch up on the effect that the, the pandemic actually had on the industry as a whole and kind of talk on some of the more shadier business stuff that we've, we've hit on over the course of this podcast. Sure. Uh, you know, and I, I think it's been a, a bit of a calling card for us at times, uh, trying to, you know, uh, point out the unscrupulous ticket-buying behavior of Motley Crue Def Leppard fans. <coughs> I'm, of course, talking about robots, but... Uh, anyway, there is an article. Um, uh, this was out of Wired. Uh, the headline basically reads, Big Music Needs to be Broken Up to Save the Industry. This came out back in March. This uh, It's a pretty thorough read, and it kind of breaks down a lot of the, the stuff that we get into. There are some talking points uh, throughout the article that I highlighted to get into. I'll, I'll just read a little bit of the very first paragraph here. The, the COVID-19 pandemic has shattered the music industry. By taking away live music for what will likely be 18 months or more, COVID has ended the revenue stream that pretty much animated the, an entire music ecosystem. This is particularly true for independent artists. I don't know. There is only a couple places here locally that are shuttered for good. Were there any music venues that uh, aren't going to be reopening? There might be s- some really small club ones, but the, <clears throat> but the, the main ones, yeah. like the top, none that I know of. Okay. Yeah, it hasn't, hasn't shown... Uh, that problem yet? I have yes, encountered one major change uh, in 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 the, the whole process of just buying a ticket going to a show. When I got my Gloria Sons tickets, uh, they, uh, they 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 had a presale kind of thing going on. That 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 was kind of its own mess. But once I got to the point where I could buy tickets, uh, so it was twenty five dollars for the ticket, eleven dollar fees. So pretty standard shit so far. Um, right. When I get to the end, it, it, it gives me an option of how would I like my tickets, but it only gives me one option, and that is on my phone. Um, 
I don't like that. I, I really don't like my cell phone to be required to do things like this. I just, I don't like it at all. I, I think Your cell phone required to do what? I didn't I, hear you there. I don't think I should have to have, look, I have a smartphone. That's not the point. Owning a certain kind of technology should have zero to do with oh, whether you mean or not owning you, a certain app to have the tickets. Yeah, of. all that nonsense. Yes. So right, uh, right. I called the, I actually emailed the box office because I wasn't sure if they were actually open, open yet. Right. And they said no, and they, they're, they're not opening anytime soon. So there was no avenue for me to kind of curb it. And said, well, I mentioned that they're not letting me print tickets when I do this. And they're like, yeah, this is going to be a ticketless only. They're going to get them emailed to you. Or, or not emailed. I uh, actually got, got some kind of weird thing that I have to get scanned when I get there. It's just mm-hmm. I, I pull it up off the web. And it changes every 15 seconds. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. That's, that, that's, that's why a screen cap so when you get there, you can't screenshot it yeah okay it's live that that makes sense i was curious how that was like i'm not i i trust that that's accurate but i just i didn't really know why anyway mm-hmm. then another thing on there so i basically bit the bullet and did that so i guess maybe it's gonna be paperless from here up forward if i'm going to concerts the other thing was there was an additional fee that they called <laughs> ticket insurance and uh it said it had a little box to check if i'd like to buy it and then it said this is a required thing and so it's like it won't let you go any further until you check that you are agreeing to buy ticket insurance. Ticket insurance. Can I make sure I understand this? Yeah. So ticket, whatever the fees are, 11 bucks, 12 bucks. Yeah, so it's about 36 bucks go, right now. All right. So, but to go further, you had to buy insurance, but there was no option either way. It's, right. It was a It was a box I had to check. But if I didn't check it, I couldn't go forward. Like that little button was just grayed out. To, to that to, seems fair. Yeah. So I'm, why are you even offering this as an option? And all it is is it's like if I have to work or if I get sick, then they'll they'll give me my money back. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with the actual refund of the ticket. And then the, of course they're not going to refund the ten dollars that they're charging you per ticket. By the way. So now I'm at forty five dollars per ticket for a twenty five dollars show. Now we've bitched about fees all you want, but this to me goes right, back right. to. I don't know. It says in this article, this is the two things I want to tie together. In this article, it says Live Nation alone is sitting on $5 billion in, in, in capital resources. And here they are. I remember early on, they were trying to push all the liability onto the artists if tours went back up. That was their first plan. Now they're clearly just financially putting it onto the, the ticket buyer. This is just another way for them to get $10 more. You know, they're not giving you the option. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it goes back to the whole thing. Just say what the ticket's going to cost. You fucking decide how you're breaking it out. And then I'll decide if I want to pay that or not. And literally, the, the first screen, when I went to buy it, it the, the, before it goes forward, it's like, FYI, ticket prices fluctuate based on demand. I'm like... You don't say. It's, it's, but not from the original source, right? I mean, you know... But, but we all know the difference there, that that, that isn't true. That they're all part of the, the game. They're all doing the reselling. They're all... Uh, they probably buy their own fucking tickets and then sell them on the resale market sometimes. I just... And I know we've, the, we've beaten the fees thing to death. Yeah. But... With that said, here's the thing that still shocks me about the ticket buying process when you're checking out. And besides buying tickets, almost everything online has – really, you, you don't pay for shipping anymore. Okay? For you as an example, mm-hmm. shipping's not free, people. It's just – they just build into the cost of goods and, and they, they figure it out. That's, 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 right. that's how it works. But the point is if you were to go buy something – and it said it's an extra eight bucks for shipping. Most of the time, we go fuck that. I'm out of here. So 
the whole thing of adding fee, fee, fee during the checkout process, it doesn't work anymore. It should just, just lie to me. Tell me these tickets are $48 yeah. and I'm done. That's the way it should be. Do your back end deals in the back end. Give me my price. Give me the fucking ticket. And that's it. Yeah. And if I can't get well, just email it to me too. I just, I'm, I always liked that too, where it was like they would mail you tickets that they had to print out and stuff in an envelope, put postage on it for free, but would email right. it to you for 250 So like, I'm paying to make things easier for you. That doesn't make any fucking sense, man. Bananas. But yeah. Uh, okay. So did you end up having to insure yourself? Yeah, I bought four, <laughs> for I bought, I bought four tickets for the show. I just, it, it's been long enough and it, it is only, you know, whatever. It's $45 to see a band I like. Right. Um, yeah. You know, granted, <laughs> I think the last three shows I saw them, it probably cost me $45 total, but um, I, whatever. It, 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 I'm not that worried about it. It does seem, you know, I, I predicted it when we, on the last episode. They're probably going to be seeing a, an increase in ticket costs. They're going to take advantage of people that really want to get out and, you know, go back to see live music. And some of the bands are going to try to recoup some money they weren't able to make the last year. And I, I guess I'm okay with both. You know, one of the most well-known music videos you know, pretty much in the world, Red Rocks, is a 10,000 uh, seat, roughly, capacity venue. And when they reopen, they said, okay, and this is before all the COVID restrictions really loosened up, but they opened up the whole season and they said, we're doing 2,500 max per person. So imagine how empty that looks like. Per show. To be, per show, sorry. Yeah. Per per show versus 10,000 capacity. So not even doing 50%, 2,500. Now, think of the most basic artist. We well, you have to be somewhat well known, obviously, to to sell that place to to be at Red Rocks. Right. But what do you think the minimum ticket price, the shittiest seat for any show this year would be based on those numbers? I mean, I mean I'm just gonna say hundred bucks. Over hundred bucks wow. for the back. Yeah. So there's because you said not only are they opening up you know shows, but they're trying to make up for lost revenue. All at once, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, and, and it's hard to fault the, the the thought process behind that. I get it. Depending on what we're talking about, I don't know. Is Red Rocks independently owned, or is that like something that fucking Ticketmaster or Live Nation own? <sighs> Boy, that's because those places can go fuck themselves. The arenas, these these giant buildings that taxpayers, you know, funded the, the financing for across this country for all these right. billionaire owners of sports teams. Every one of them can fucking eat a dick, just fucking deal with it, okay? This is the cost of doing business as far as I'm concerned. But for like the First Avenues, these smaller clubs, that, that place in Denver that um, that I know you've gone to a couple shows at there. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm scratching the name on that. Uh, like like the smaller bands, like, uh, you know, Keel Warrant go there, that kind of deal. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The Wolf, I, I, do. I don't know, whatever. I, the Wolf Pack I, I guys up- promote a lot of stuff there. Those are the ones that I, I think we need to help out a little bit here. You know I mean? I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm okay with that. Smaller level bands that didn't have the type of you know revenue that uh, you know some of these. If you can tour an arena, I'm not that too concerned about your financial well being. Guys like Ted Nugent, you know, Tremendous. he's got to get back out there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, okay. So I I thought this was true, but I want to make sure. So Red Rocks, for example, is owned by the city of Denver. Okay. But pretty much every show you see go through there is through Live Nation. That's kind of a different deal. That's that's kind of hard to avoid. Right. Which is part of the fucking problem. Uh, But, 
not to get too far into that. Yeah, like the whole I, the whole ticketing thing we've covered quite a bit. It is just a fucking scam industry. Just but, a shitty. But wasn't there something you were going to go more into about the clubs and saving the clubs? Yeah, that and... was my very next point. That's kind of what okay. I was setting up there. So when this whole thing started and, and independent venues, they started to kind of basically, the term they used here is brilliant, atrophy. You know, basically uh, mm. Wall Street investors and cash cash <laughs> cash rich monopolies are hunting for bargains. In October, Mark Geiger. Now he is apparently the co-founder of Lollapalooza and the former head of music talent at WME. Um, he announced that he had been gathering tens of millions of dollars of investor cash for a project he called Save Live. It was in essence a private sector rescue fund for independent venues on the brink of closing. Only under Geiger's plans, the club would become his. So if you wanted Wait. to get the the money from from Save Live to help, it's supposed to be this nonprofit kind of thing like, oh, we're just going to dump money into these clubs to kind of keep them afloat until the pandemic's over. That's how it's pitched. But what they're actually doing is turning over 51% ownership to this Mark Geiger shit bag. Um, and that is the only way they get the money. So, again. Huh. Okay, so they get, they get the funding, but they got to give up. Ownership. Now, this is different than Save Our Stages, which I believe is another charity. Well, me well Save Our sure Stages we... is a um, a government uh, uh, yes. aid aid package, uh, championed by our own Amy Klobuchar, a uh, horrible candidate for president, but uh, does a fine job Fair in enough. the Senate, I, I think. But uh, no, yeah, and and that I believe actually did actually get some money out. It just kind of like the bailout or, or the the stimulus checks that that we all got that kind of deal. It was that kind of pr- project where it was just kind of put together to help these independent venues, you know, and, you know, and we're, we're talking largely just about clubs, but, and we've covered it more in the past, but just to remind people, we are talking about people who, whose job was to basically be the riggers and the stagehands for all the shows that came through towns. They're all unemployed. The catering companies that, that right. worked at these, this has just got a, a very broad based effect on what so many people like to call the bread and butter, the 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 the, the fabric of America, the independent businessmen. You know, what I mean, the American dream, the message of America, is impacted heavily by this. So I, it's it's it is just fucking shitty. These goddamn carpetbaggers, man. And and it's just. And speaking of Lollapalooza, that lineup is just a fucking shit bag. Oh my god! Jesus. I mean, you can't even get past the. Th- <laughs> Like, I was hoping to find some bands in the small print. There's nothing even the small print. I mean, put all those bands and just do it in one afternoon. It's just don't don't fucking torture people for four fucking days of that. Jesus. Oof. Yes. <laughs> That's a little off topic, but... Oh, can I, can I this jump in all quick? ties back to Live Nation and Ticketmaster and all this fucking shady ass shit. I just it, it's the same fucking thing, and it's uh, it's like I was saying the other day when we were talking on the phone. It, it's it's really irritating for me because the fix is not only easy but it's fucking obvious. The only way we stop this shit is by stop spending the money, and that's just not going to happen, I guess. Can I give you more uh, information about why maybe these clubs haven't closed down here? Yeah, in town. Yeah, access AEG Live. They just while you were talking there, I just want to make sure. I, th- I, mean, I was pretty sure about this, but these used to be all independent clubs. But if anybody's been to the Denver area, these are the famous ones: Ogden, Bluebird, Gothic, Fillmore. They're all part of AEG now. Hmm. So that's why they survived. Is my point? Okay. They're not. There's no way these places 
places would have survived otherwise. These are all like a thousand seaters. Right. Stuff like that. Because, you know, the PPE loans that were going out there that, that a lot of these clubs probably had an opportunity to get, that maybe would have kept you afloat for a couple months. Um, right. You know. So there you go. There's there's more things that, that uh, that's how you control. It's the man, Baco. Yeah. And, you know, and the, the, I do worry that because, you know, all these mergers basically make things worse. You know, what I mean, Gene Simmons says rock is dead. I, I don't think he's necessarily wrong other than that. It's just not broad enough. Music is dead. I mean, it's it's it, it really isn't rock music that's stifled. It's all of it. I mean, is there anything out there that's mainstream, that's big, that's actually any fucking good? Us. Oh, right. Yes, us. Yes, we're, we're fucking worldwide. Uh, now that Dax has brought us into the production company and bringing us up. Yeah, Thanks, I'm, I'm worried about an independent podcast like us being gobbled up by Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I'm really worried about that, too. I can't wait to sell out. Yeah, me either, man. Fucking, <laughs> where do I sign? Oh, God. Yeah. I fucking, How many Blue Chew ads do I need to read? Yeah, I'll fucking, I'll Blue Chew the shit out of that ad. Yeah. Come on, that's our target audience. Mm. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, according I, to demographics, ninety uh, percent of our audience has droopy dicks. I don't have a brand. <laughs> My eraser's well worn. I make oh man! Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if that didn't make you erect, try blue chew. Um, ah. There's a lot to chew on. Speaking of chew, uh, in this article, and maybe we'll get into some other of the tidbits here throughout the year because uh, there is a lot of really salient things to get into. Topics we like to talk about. That's probably enough for today. I think I I, I, I believe the listeners probably want want something a little more cheery to brighten up their day. Uh, to, no, to, but to this yeah. So as far as cheeriness, if I could just flip the script here, I mean, tons tons of tours being announced, mm-hmm. um, and I am more yeah. Live music's back. I think we can say that, right? Yeah, live music's back. There's lots of outdoor. The vaccines worked, uh, people. Yeah, that's right. If, and when you're around, is that just, our official just, stance? Can we? Do, I don't know if we want to. It's definitely our okay. official stance. Is is the reason we're not wearing you now for the first time? <laughs> uh, as of I think last Friday, it was officially two weeks past the last shot. So mask off at work. Nice. Sounds like you. Yeah, you they the just lifted it off. at my work too. It was actually. I, I think I'm still at the point where when I get up from my desk, I'm, a, I'm automatically going to adjust my mask so it doesn't sure. fog up my glasses, you know. But, uh, yeah, good for you, man. But when, yeah, and, and when you're first when, – when you were looking at your coworkers and they had the mask on and it would be slightly showing their nose, oh. didn't it kind of feel like – uh, something you weren't supposed to see, like a butt crack. Yeah, exactly. I, it it, it like always was unsettling for me. I, I, yeah, you saw people's faces again. You're like, hmm, maybe we should go back to masks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, I was like, I have to be more diligent with my uh, my beard trimming again. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I really have. Yeah, I've I've kept it up somewhat, but uh, I really haven't given a fuck for about a year and a half. So. Yeah, you got to moisturize more. Everybody's all ashy. Oh, well. Hey, White, you know what? One other really Nothing nice worse. note, though, we should talk on Rock and Pot. What? Of course, is only a couple months away. Um, oh my God! You and I, I are going to be it's... there, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. So many other guests. I don't know if you want to run down some of them, but uh, Nashville, August sixth through eighth. Uh, definitely. I don't know. I haven't heard too many of the listeners are coming out yet. I, um, although I did. You see, Sean Cullen uh, got an update for us on the toenail thing. Oh. 
Oh, what's, what is it? Uh, he, I don't know. He shared an article that explained it, why toenails oh. are uh, slower than uh, fingernails. So uh, we, <laughs> so we, we owe him tick. something. So, yeah. Uh, Sean, uh, we'll have a special treat for you in Nashville if you're coming. Otherwise, uh, we'll figure yeah. something out and get it out to you there. And uh, I think he's I'm in Montana. I'm going to give you a surprise right now. What's Pretty much anybody that comes up and talks to me gets a T-shirt. <laughs> I have plenty still from two years ago. Yeah, There's but it's going to say sort of sort of a Jesus doofus. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I have uh, other Yeah, I'll add that on the back. <laughs> but let, let me let me just read off mm-hmm. some of the guests. This August will rock as Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Meet Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Ricky Rackman, Mark Goodman, Matt Pinfield, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, drum legends Carmine Apice and Vinny Apice, along with current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Except, Roxy Blue, and more. Panels, signing sessions, and vinyl and memorabilia vendors, all available to you at Rockin' Pod. Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on site for live interviews, networking, and speaking sessions. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. Rockin' Pod Weekend kicks off with a pre-party concert featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skio and his new band Resist and Bite. Plus, Ron Keel Acoustic, Rock United, and a rare hair set featuring many surprise guests. Rockin' Pod Weekend, August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP, podcaster registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockandpod.com. Rockin' Pod, brought to you by DBG Productions, Brad Lee Entertainment, and Incaptia. So here are some of the guests you can meet there. Uh, besides us, of course. We got Billy Sheehan. You got Don Jameson. You've got the uh, guest, uh, two different... Former guest of the show, Don Jameson. Three-time guest. Yeah. Yes, former guest of the show. You've got Carmen and Vinny Apice Apice, drumming legends. Yeah. Carmen and Apice and Vinny whole... Apice. What now? <laughs> Carmen Apice and Vinny Apice. <laughs> However that goes. Brothers. Yeah, very odd. <laughs> Can you imagine if your brother, you know, or whatever... What if your sister, I should say for you, pronounced your last name Bacan? Like, <laughs> Right? What if they have a sister and she pronounces it Apichi? <laughs> <laughs> There's a third version. Apichi! <laughs> and that's, uh, that's Brenda. Brenda Apichi. I think this is pretty cool they got this crew together, but Ricky Rockman, Mark Goodman, Matt Penfield. I think that's all the VJs, right? Yeah. Is there somebody else? Uh, that's, those are the ones I, I remember anyway. Yeah, that's awesome. Of course, you've got Ron Keel in his portable hot tub. <laughs> He'll be there. Uh, which is provided just, by uh, the Inobscuria podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Perfect. I would like to see if Ron Keel just brings like one of those like baby pools, one of those things you just inflate. <laughs> Have you in there with some toys? Yeah, nice. Yeah. I'd like to see Look, that. Coors Light At least for a around. Whatever that, that natty ice stuff he drinks. Sure. Then you've got uh, who else to say? Oh, oh comedian wise, we've got Courtney Cronin Dole. You've got Friend Craig of the show. Gass. Uh, who else is here? Paul Taylor. Toby Wright is there again. Christopher Williams will be tapping on things with pencils. You've got uh, the Talisman, 
which is basically Gene Simmons and Ace, Ace Frehley's yeah. band. And I guess they're calling themselves that, except the Rock and Roll Residency. I'm a little confused on that one. It's the same three guys from that, but uh, yeah. Okay. I am kind of curious about hearing this new band. I haven't heard their stuff. Have you heard anything by Resistant Bite? Or not. Just what they played on uh, on the podcast uh, at Decibel Geek there when they had uh, Tommy on. Okay, so yeah, so basically guitarist good stuff. Of, what I heard, yeah, was, that's good. So it's more is it Tesla ish or started, more hard probably rock a little or, harder than Tesla, honestly. Um, okay, at least with, like, again, the, what I've heard. So yeah, Tommy, and that's Tommy. Say his name, Scotch. I believe it's Skeel, but yeah, I, it's one of those ones. If we talk to him, we'll, we'll get it clarified. And then he, nah. he can call me Baco. <laughs> yeah, and there's some other ones that 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 that, 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 that nobody would even know. But but uh, I'm definitely interested in talking to. I met him a few times. Nice guy, Jimmy, who's the bassist for the Lonely Ones and Bubble Flex. He'll be there randomly. I, I guess maybe he's near Nashville, and the rest of them aren't. I Could don't know, be, yeah. but he'll be there. And of course, us. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, and that's that, that's that, the the headliner there. Um, really uh, you you want to get in line early if you want to talk to us because uh, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of demand. Uh, Several people yeah. could be there throughout the day. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to risk having one other person in front of you. So no, but seriously, mine. we pump this thing. It's a blast every year we do it. It's very. The, I just love the laid back vibe of it. And yeah, it, if you really want to hang out with us, we'll be there. Uh, we're easy to talk to. Um, far more, but. A lot of people are intimidated, as I've said in the past, because they feel we're unapproachable. Please, people, come up and mm-hmm. uh, introduce yourself. Uh, we want to get yeah, to, approach us. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Except for you, Bill it. Elam, uh, you can you know keep six feet away at all times. Uh. Yeah, we, we had uh, <laughs> we had our first. Uh, kidding, I remember, Bill. I remember two years ago when when we had our first. Uh, uh, Rock and Pod Google review, and it was just eh, not that bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> more approachable than 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 we thought. <laughs> Those guys are actually not as much. Or or or, 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 or Courtney's a review of us the first time she met us is, is right after she's done. She goes, "I thought I heard you guys were both assholes. You're not that bad, right?" Yeah. So people told me like just warned me like, "Yeah, they're kind of assholes." So some, yeah, some I can't along that, that was line, but... warning. Like he thought we were going to be abusive towards torture or something. <laughs> I'm like, that was terrible, but whatever. Yeah. But we're uh, really no, more, more lot... progressive hosts. What's the uh, pre-party shaping up? Uh, to look like who's who's there is that is that the uh, the rare hair I think that's pretty cool mm-hmm. right yeah. isn't that like just basically a lineup of is that involve the talisman I'm very confused on that well, you have the information in front of you if you don't I wouldn't push it too hard I will say the venue Hold is on. pretty cool I want to encourage everybody to like you know adopt this new hand signal we're doing and maybe we open it up at this show like I think we do uh, so just get up front whenever band's playing rare hair uh, the resistant bite just get up Ron Keel just fucking do the old jerk symbol there. If you're if you're thinking at home, imagine you're masturbating, but your dick is as big as a pool noodle. I think we should do that because I think this should be the second concert that you get kicked out of. <laughs> from... <laughs> All right, man, you want to get out of here? Yeah, Ruck's not dead, but it's only got twelve months to get in shape. was thirsty i was hungry for a star with somebody who wouldn't break my heart like the last one but this one she plays for all the marbles her nietzsche books her conversation starters and damn i think i loved her from the first sight i saw the light the clouds opened up rest in peace good night oh. 
I decided to take my first uh, poop. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.